Newsweek presents The Debate with Andrew Tolman. Everything 100% of the time, 24 hours a day is a negotiation. Ellis Hennigan. None of us have fallen for the notion that this is conservative. Amani wells on Yoha. I'm completely fed up with whether it's politicized or not. And Jeff Charles. That distracts us from actually rolling up our sleeves. The Debate starts now. Okay, so I would like to talk about progressive district attorneys, or as the right calls them, woke Soros-funded district attorneys, especially in California, although I think this does uh, apply on a national scale. Uh, There's another district attorney in in Oakland. Her name is Pamela Price, and there's some rumblings of possibly doing a recall effort against her. Now, if you remember, she will make, if this happens, she'll be the third California DA to face a recall effort. Uh, We had Cheza Boudin in San Francisco, who was actually removed from his position. Uh, We had a similar effort against George Gascon in Los Angeles. I believe it was the second time they tried to recall him, and that didn't succeed, but it it, it seems like there's this sentiment growing, and now Pamela Price, they're talking about recalling her. Now, here's the thing. These the, uh, the voters are voting for these people to be in office, but then when they get in office, they want them out because they believe that their um, that their approach to crime and sentencing is too lenient. So Price in particular has dealt with criticism for uh, two high profile murder cases. One was a shooting death of Jasper Wu, who was a two year old baby who was shot while he was in a car with his parents. And then Blake Mose, a loss prevention officer at a at a Home Depot who was killed um, during an attempted shoplifting. And the shoplifting has been, especially organized shoplifting all over California and even in New York and other places has been a huge issue. Uh, one of the issues that people are highlighting is the, the sentencing. When it comes to violent crimes, uh, this district attorney has not allowed any sentencing enhancements to keep people in prison longer. Now, I'm talking about violent offenders. I'm not talking about people who do, do drugs and things like that. But I wanted to kind of get your guys' take on this, because what it tells me is that people do want criminal justice reform. They see that we have a, a huge flaws in our system, but they don't want to go so far as going lenient on people who actually need to be in jail. I'm glad you twin those two things because they're, they're, they're both true, right? You do have to lock up some people, but you shouldn't be locking up everybody forever. It's, it wouldn't be the first time, I guess, that, that the public wanted to sometimes incompatible things at once. And uh, <laughs> welcome to you know, democracy. There was a lot of frustration out there at the uh, you know, system kind of seeming to be too militarized, too knee jerk, too aggressive, locking too many people up. And so, you know, the pendulum swung the other way. Maybe there's some maybe there's some cases where it went a, a little too far. But again, I would raise a little caution about some of the panic out there. The numbers I've seen from the Bay Area um, tell me that, that, that crime really isn't up that much. I mean, homelessness on the street, crazy people on the street, big problem, increasing problem. The actual numbers of violent crimes being committed. Maybe they aren't up so much. So I just I just always want to inject that little note of caution there. Yeah. And I, and I actually uh, agree with that. I mean, according to the numbers, they, it's not the worst it's ever been. It's still not good. It's it's going up. And and, and realistically, we're not, we're not going to say that to the mother of a two year old who was shot and killed because she still lost her son. So people are crying out and then they do want change. But it just seems like it's such a common sense thing, like like Ellis and everybody, everybody else. We've talked about this. It's, you know, you don't want to lock people up who probably don't deserve to be locked up. But when it comes to violent criminals, you don't want to let them out. You don't want to let them out 
uh, sooner than they need to. You want to hold them and make sure that they're not endangering the community. It seems like the answers are kind of simple and maybe not easy to implement, but it, it doesn't seem hard to figure out. Is there something I'm missing here, Andrew? Like, well, why, why are they not just taking care of the problem? Well, what I, I always want to kind of back up a little bit. And um, there was a comment you made sort of right in the beginning that, you know, they elected her because they wanted reforms and now they want to remove her because they don't like the reforms she's put in or they don't like the results or some, something like that. I genuinely wonder how many of the people who voted her in are the same people who are calling for her recall now. My suspicion is that very few, if any, of her political supporters, uh, much like in the other recalls, I assume, are the same people who have now suddenly realized, egads, what have we done? You know, <laughs> I don't think they have that reaction. They're probably the people leading the recall effort are people who campaigned against her to begin with. They see an opportunity or an election to be overturned. And this is undoing an election by other means. And I, I mean, I have I have real doubts about the recall concept, frankly. I, I have great sympathy for it uh, because sometimes I see people get elected. They're in a four year term and we're two years in and you're you know, it is obvious we have made a mistake and uh, there's no way to fix the problem. Uh, but if you happen to have a recall, on the other hand, unless there's some threshold, some minimum, some got to have done this, this or this in order to be eligible to be recalled then just recalling people because, you know, you lost an election is, I mean, that's the very opposite of having a continuing democracy with a peaceful transfer of power. Uh, that's just griping with power. And I don't, yeah, I, that doesn't seem like a good thing to me. So I can't tell whether this is just political opposition that's always been there or whether this is she's really failing or whether people bought a product that they're really regretting buyer's remorse now because they realize that their particular slice of reform that they asked for is not working and is counterproductive. Again, I, I, I don't know quite what we're seeing there in Oakland. And frankly, the you know, the reports of the, the waves of shoplifters and the things behind bars because you can't trust the, the, the counters to be safe anymore. I don't know how common that is or if that's just the, the crime of the month that we're seeing a little bit more on social media because we've never seen that problem before. So I guess I have more questions before I want to diagnose anything. Yeah, and those are some excellent questions. I mean, is this mostly political motivation going here to just to try to attack a political opponent or is this a real outcry from, from the community? I suspect it's a little bit of both. But it, when, in cases where there's organized shoplifting, that's not every major city. You're right, Andrew. I mean, it, like in Austin, that that doesn't really happen the way it does in in San Francisco and, and Los Angeles and, and some others. I think it's just in cities or maybe in states where they have more lenient laws regarding uh, that that type of behavior. But again, this we we've, we've seen this in other states, too. I mean, Alvin Bragg in Manhattan has gotten a lot of criticism. I don't think they have a mechanism by which they could recall him. But it just seems like, you know, it's hard to decipher how much of it is politicking and how much of it is a community actually rising up and wanting better law enforcement. I have so many thoughts on this. I think one of the first things that comes to mind is because everybody, especially people on the progressive left, want criminal justice reform so bad and they want to quote, some people want to abolish prisons because they realize that it's not meant to rehabilitate people and they don't want people to feel quote unquote punished for their crimes. And I think that's where we get in sort of this, like y'all said before, this knee jerk reaction that everybody just needs to not be arrested. You know, don't lock anybody up, let everybody free. Like it kind of just turns into the complete opposite instead of just looking at every situation um, on a case-by-case -case basis and recognizing, hey, this is somebody who got caught with a dime sack of weed. 
No, they don't need to be in jail for the next 25 years. However, the man who just stabbed somebody in the neck at the grocery store needs to be in jail for the next 25 years. And you can decipher that you don't just because jails need to be reformed doesn't mean that nobody needs to go to jail. So I think that's a conversation that needs to happen on the left internally. And whenever they're messaging for these type of things and whenever they are actually elected and start to legislate, don't let the the messaging and the Twitterverse language get in your head about how you rule as far as how people should be treated when they commit violent crimes. The other part of it is, yeah, like what Andrew is saying, this is kind of toying with democracy because, yes, even though you're not pleased with somebody's job, the goal is to serve their four terms, run somebody against them and then get them removed and hopefully you'll win the next time. So we can't at the same time just start trying to recall people because we're not pleased with their behavior instead of just letting democracy do its thing and running somebody better that can hopefully beat them off the ballot the next time around. Yeah, I mean, I think it like maybe in cases of like deep corruption or committing crimes, maybe there should be a mechanism by which they can be removed. Right, right. But it shouldn't be just for an arbitrary p- political purpose. But then I also wonder, I mean, because, again, these DAs were elected and they were honest about what they wanted to do about about uh, reforming the criminal justice system. But it just again, it's. You know, for violent offenders, it's obvious you don't want them out on the streets for those who are nonviolent. Maybe you're, you're fine with letting them free. But 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 my question is, then, if if this is what they're doing, then why is there such an outcry even from the community? Because even in, in New York City, there was an outcry against some, some of these practices. Is it really as bad as they're making it sound? Because or, or is it is it really a case where a lot of violent offenders are being let out onto the streets to victimize people even further? I mean, what, what do you think, Andrew? Well, you know, one of the things this makes me think about is. I'm always reluctant to blame somebody for uh, results they can't plausibly be blamed for yet. And this this particular DA has been in office, what, a year, two years, something like that? And yeah, yeah. And so it just it seems unlikely to me that one person's utter incompetence, even imagining that's true, okay? that that would suddenly lay waste to the criminal justice system to such a degree that you would have big spikes in crime in that short a period of time. Now, I could be wrong. Maybe I'm naive. But it seems like it takes longer time horizons to see these results. On the other hand, I think it's a pretty tenuous thing. The I'll say the perception by the criminal, the would-be criminal, that person's perception that I will be punished or I will not be punished or there's uncertainty. And of course, if there's uncertainty or if they think they won't be punished, they're doing the crimes. You know, it's just like disciplining kids. If the kids don't believe there's a consequence, they're going to do what they want to do. Well, you can get into office and it can be pretty quick to change the tone, the expectation, the belief on the street, so to speak, that, you know, hey, you know, free game now. I can do whatever I want to do. And whether she did anything really wrong in that, in the like actual structure of things, if that message was communicated and people felt like it was a more permissive environment, I mean, maybe behavior does change pretty quickly because people feel like they're less at risk of being punished for it. I, I don't know. Again, some of my thoughts. Yeah. Let, let, let me jump in. And I think that's exactly, it's an easy problem to solve though, because you arrest that person once <laughs> the next time they do something like that. And their mindset about that changes yeah. pretty quickly. I, I suspect that here, there is just an, an overall large ideological issue that probably is somewhat disconnected from 
uh, what's happening in, in in one city or another. And Andrews, in your in your Florida, I know we've had an example, a couple of examples recently where the, the governor didn't wait around for a recall for a district attorney that displeased him. He just went and right. removed him. I think uh, yeah, twice the, now. Once, Orlando, once, or, once, because he wouldn't enforce uh, the the new abortion laws, basically, uh, and the second one it just happened uh, because of uh, you know soft on crime kind of allegations. That's right, right. And th- this was a, a woman who I think was elected not long ago with sixty seven percent of the vote. Yeah, very popular. The citizens are fairly mm-hmm. fairly happy with her performance, but the governor wasn't, and he under your your constitution there, I guess, has the power to to remove her. To me, that's way worse than anything that's happening in in, in Oakland right now. Can I raise a, just a different question? Because it's bugging me the whole time. I have no idea what criminal justice reform means. I don't mean that as like a joke. I mean, it's a term that gets used to mean good stuff. You know, I'm in favor of criminal justice good stuff. And the specifics of it, it seems like it can encompass almost anything because it's almost who would oppose it? No, no, no. I want criminal justice stay the same. You know, like I don't. This term bothers me because I don't know what it means. I don't know what it means to be for it, against it. I don't know what the particulars are. And I feel like there's no clarity about, well, what specifically do you mean by reform? And why would anybody be for or against it? Am I barking up the wrong track? I care about language. And this is something that's been bothering me in this whole discussion. You're right, Andrew. (laughs) The meaning has been lost a long time ago. Okay, we've lost the we've lost the plot. I don't know what it means anymore either. (laughs) And I feel like when we're seeing it applied in government, like it's not making sense anymore. Like just earlier when we were talking about the D.C. situation, like obviously don't apply that to violent offenders. But I feel like people are scared to speak up against any criminal justice reform um, proposal because like you're saying, they don't want to be against criminal justice reform. <laughs> like, so it's kind of put in, they don't want that target on their back either. So I feel like the word has kind of just mar- morphed into a blanket statement. And even right now, like when I'm looking at people's campaigns that I'm working on and I go to their platform and I see that they're advocating for criminal justice reform, there's not a lot of details. It just says the words criminal justice justice reform you know so that's actually an excellent point because yeah what does it mean what what does it encompass where is the money being reallocated to and going to specifically like what is the goal here and nobody knows we're all just kind of here and we don't want to rock the boat by being against it or offering criticism because then that can get you attacked too yeah i mean if it means that's improvement true. who's against improvement but what's the improvement specifically can I, can you know take a crack at it let me let me take a crack at what i think it means I think that the traditional way that uh, police prosecutors dealt with crime was to be tough on it, right? Let's just arrest people. Let's put them in jail. Let's put them in jail longer. Let's make it easier to get them in jail, quicker to get them in jail. Let's keep them there. I mean, that would be a kind of a stereotyped, oversimplified version of the traditional approach that law enforcement took. And I think the reform approach would say, listen, crime is is, and public safety are more complex than that. And that we ought to be bringing tools like 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 social work efforts and psychology and dealing with domestic violence, one of the the, the big causes of, of, of some of the problems we're having today, with tools that are better suited for dealing with those things other than a than a gun, a handcuff, and a blue uniform. And I, and I think that it's a it's an, an effort to try and broaden that thinking beyond the traditional roles of cops and prosecutors into something that is a more what humanistic, more diverse. Anyway, that that's that that's how I would pitch it at least. One slice of that that I cert- I totally agree with is uh, uh, the way mental illness 
uh, and criminal behavior are very different things or can be. I mean, there can be overlap. Sure. But, um, you know, somebody who's got schizophrenia uh, doesn't need a jail cell. Right. I mean, they need treatment. Okay. Um, unless there's some particular circumstance about the nature of their mental illness. And so, yeah, for years, as you say, Ellis, uh, we've been, you know, lock up the problems has maybe been the approach. And that is not always the good approach, either from an effectiveness standpoint or from a cost standpoint, frankly. I think that these are all some very good ideas, but I think you're right, Andrew. I mean, we always talk about criminal justice reform. Do we ever actually define it? I mean, a lot of people have different definitions. I think what we all agree on is that we do want our justice system to be more more just and we want it to be less oppressive. We want it to protect our rights, which is what it's supposed to be in the first place. But it's hard to really get to actually uh, improving our justice system if we can't really agree on what that looks like. So maybe at some point, one of us can uh, figure out the definition that works for everybody. you would like to be a part of the debate, email us. The debate at newsweek.com.